What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Compressed FM, a podcast all about web development and design with a little bit of zest. This is another one of our live with a guest episodes that also will be published. You could listen to this in your podcast player after the fact. Welcome, everyone. In this episode, we're going to have David Price on from Redwood to talk about Redwood JS. First off, my name is James Kiewick. I'm a staff developer advocate at PlanetScale. Hello, my name is Amy Dutton, and I'm the director of design at Zeal. Web development and design, who would have guessed? Well, we can do them both, even add a little zest. So turn up the volume, get ready for the best. Let's get it started in this episode of Compressed. And we are super happy to have three amazing sponsors working with us today. We've got uh, Zeal, who is hiring and who Amy works for. I'm actually wearing a sweatshirt, a hoodie from Zeal to represent. Then we've got Vercel, who will meet all of your hosting needs, and Dato CMS, which is a pretty sweet headless CMS that you can integrate into your application. So thankful to have three amazing sponsors and an amazing guest and David Price. David, welcome to the podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, you bet. My name is David Price. I'm one of the co-founders and lead on the Redwood JS project. And my day job is actually with Preston Warner Ventures, which is super fun. We build stuff and do a lot of philanthropy work, but that's what gives me an opportunity to work full time on Redwood JS. And for another podcast, another time, uh, the things I love the most of all, I'm really into ethics, which is kind of weird, but I'm into entrepreneurial leadership, which is less weird and fun. And um, I'm really into collaboration kind of in that order. So uh, those are the things that uh, get me excited, all in the context of building technology things that help people do things. And currently that's a lot of time on Redwood JS. I love it. I feel like that's kind of the goal, right, is to enable yourself to do more of things that you enjoy. I think Amy and I both are like really lucky to have content be a part of like what we do personally and then also be supported by the companies that we work at and Zeal and Planet Scale. That's more of my job, but her company is very supportive of her. And that's the stuff that we both enjoy. That's why we started the podcast because we have you know a passion for teaching people the stuff that we've learned and learning with each other and the community as well. So I love that you're able to take what you do and marry that up, combine that up with more of the stuff that you just want to do because you love it. Yes, absolutely. It took me a long time to find that place, but it, and it really is fun. So hats off to your employers that enable you to be able to do that and your mindset too, right? Because it takes a little bit of the right passion and desire to, to take those risks. But yeah, it, it's a satisfying way to go. Agreed. So this Redwood thing, we oh, actually yeah. did, um, Tom, this, yeah, this thing, Tom was on the stream. How long it's been like a year ago. This was on my personal stream channel, but it's been a while. So I'm sure Redwood has obviously come a long way. I think there's some things looming in the future that you might not looming in a bad way. What, what's an exciting <laughs> word for looming? Whatever it is. I don't know. There's some things coming, some exciting things coming in the future. I loom. Uh, yeah. So tell us a little bit, like what is Redwood JS? What's kind of the quick overview? And then we'll kind of dive into like the technologies, how it works, how it benefits. Specifically, the tagline here is the app framework for startups. So we'll dive into that too. And then we'll get into some of the community aspect of it as well in the end. But just high level, like what is Redwood? What problems is it there to solve? Yeah. And we'll tell some stories here too. But yeah, so Redwood is a framework that helps you take your product from side project to startup as fast as possible and at scale. And that's what it's designed to do. And we put a lot of intention on the design into people and process, which I really want to talk about more. And not that technology or tech performance isn't important, but that's not what we designed for. 
So we actually use the best, in our words, like what are the best of modern tools, modern practices, modern infrastructure, and how can we design a framework around that for, again, thinking of people and, and processes. What we ended up with was a JavaScript TypeScript framework. It's React on the front end, GraphQL on the back end. We use Prisma, we use Storybook, and we've integrated all these aspects from the front end to the back end, from create your initial install to deployment production and scale and beyond. So that when you fire the thing up for the first time, it's all just there and it all just works. And that's that's what Redwood is. Well, here, let me say this. Well, I would tell some more stories on how we got there. But yeah, we are two years into this thing plus like the years of backstory that got us even started, right? Because there's always a like start date and then there's all the things that happened before it. But uh, Redwood is about to hit the 1.0.0 and that's coming up at the end of March, early April. And we mm-hmm. are going to have a launch week. Yeah, super base, super base style where yeah. we'll have four days of announcements, the big special announcement at the end. And we're really excited because there's so many things we want to highlight because it's not... We definitely haven't been doing this quietly behind the scenes. This has been a very active public project and we have tens of millions of dollars that have been raised by startups that are on Redwood right now. And so one of the things I'm super excited to do is highlight those, those projects and those people and those startups during launch week to say like, here's what's really happening. People are building cool things and, and Redwood is one of the things that's helping them do it. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. That's mm-hmm. we're pretty stoked. So yeah, good things, good things coming soon. So thinking like you talked to, you said you wanted to kind of elaborate on, I think the perspective of focusing more on the developer, I think like the developer experience, like solving those problems mm-hmm. for developers. And there's lots of, I think there's inspiration and lots of just easy parallels between Redwood and something like Ruby on Rails, which I think Amy, like your teams at least work with Ruby on Rails a lot. That's right. I've dabbled with Ruby on Rails and I always really appreciated the structure that it came with and kind of the scaffolding tools and stuff. Those are things that have always stuck out with me and I always kind of felt like, to be honest, I missed that in the JavaScript ecosystem. And there's a few different things that do some of that, but I think Redwood seems to do that really well. So what's the inspiration, or maybe you can elaborate on the inspiration of like, what exact problems are we trying to solve? And, and is there any direct influence or inspiration from a framework like Ruby on Rails? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to say if I should like jump into story time now, but I'm not. I'm going to come to story time. Like it. Uh, but first, let's talk. Okay. Let's, let's talk about, uh, let, you know, let's, let's paint a picture, set the board a little bit, but I need your help to do this. So, Redwood, you're building apps, building products. And I said, we're designing the way that you build for people and for process. Okay. So, the people is really, you have two sides of the product. You have people that are using it, doing something with it, and you have people that are building it. So I'm, now, I'm pulling everybody. For a modern application, what do you expect your modern maps to be able to do? Like, what do you need from them? Because, of course, we're all addicted to our modern apps. But, like, what, what do we expect a modern app to be when we say, like, oh, hey, there's this app I use. And it does dot, dot, dot. Dots, ideas. Where does it live? That's a good question. So end users, we're going to take some notes. So what, what do people want from their apps these days? This is for you too, Amy, James. Oh, I was waiting for the chat. Oh, you're waiting for the chat. chat. Are there people in the chat? Is the chat real? Uh, is the chat real? No, they're just fake too. 
Um, so are you talking about it from like a building perspective or like when I'm actually interacting with my phone? And yeah. Yeah. You, you as the end user. I mean, what do you, what do you user. expect? I mean, this is a leading question hundred percent, but I won't, I won't be wrong. I, I know where I want this to go. Um, Ryan but, says disappointment. Yeah. Disappointment. <laughs> <I want laughs> That's to easy to achieve. <laughs> is that the Brian Douglas? Oh no. It's the Ryan Roga. Oh, Ryan. I thought it Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I you said, Brian, uh, disappointment. So we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> side, side tangent here. There's a lot of polls or like user feedback. People actually talked about like happiness of how like mm. things that bring you happiness, like do software yep. products bring you happiness. It turns out the longer you spend and mostly on social media tools, like the least happy mm. you are. Yep. Like, super, super bad stuff. I love yeah. it when I can delegate when it's like, oh, I just shoot this off and I don't have to think about it or it will remind me. I like it when it's almost seamless, like in the best way. Like, oh, uh, for example, yeah, integration. Yeah. So like, for example, I'm getting ready in the morning and I think, oh, I need cotton balls. So <laughs> just Obviously. say, hey, Siri, yeah, add cotton balls to my grocery store list. And that always makes me feel so good because <laughs> I just have this stream of consciousness that happens when I'm getting ready in the morning. And the fact that I can just rattle that off and I'll be reminded at the right time. That always oh, so you're, you're a true designer. You're, you're an app designer. But I, I love that too. I love what you said. So mm-hmm. um, I think the short answer for me too, is it just works, right? Like we don't, yeah. end user doesn't really care what you do behind the scenes. The end user just cares that the stuff works. And if the experience, if it's slow, if it doesn't save the cotton ball memo that Amy's looking for and it's supposed to, if it doesn't do the things that you expect it to, that's obviously a very detrimental experience in an application. Yeah, absolutely. It just works. And you don't have to figure out how it works. Mm-hmm. That's something mm-hmm. I don't want it. I don't want to figure out how it works. Right. Yeah. Um, that's always nice when you think, oh, I think I should be able to swipe and this will happen. And it just works. That also feels good. Yeah. Those patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We come to expect certain patterns. We've been trained to expect certain patterns, both for good and for ill. <laughs> but yeah. Do you remember the great hamburger menu controversy of, I don't know, how old am I? 10 years oh, ago? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Always. But now you've accepted it. Well, and I love it when I go to a restaurant website. Like I went to In N Out for the first time this past week. And if you go to there, I know. Where do you live? In Tennessee. Oh, okay. We don't have a. So, there you go. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> but if you go to their menu online, their hamburger menu is a hamburger, which mm, an actual like. hamburger. Nice. Yes. I, I, now I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> so my leading questions here were interactivity. We expect things to be interactive. We expect things to live on all the clients. As a user of apps, I don't say, hey, is this on my client? But like, mm-hmm. I, I just expect it to be seamless between my desktop to my phone, et cetera. And also, I expect all these things to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So that's like, there's got to be a way that device A can talk to device B. And I don't want to see any of that stuff. I expect it, right? But so that's just, if you're going to build a product, and most products get wrapped around, sorry, the thing that gets wrapped around most products is a company or organization of some kind, right? Like, so if you're going to build a product that might become a startup company, these are just table stakes, right? They got to do these mm-hmm. things Yep, out of the box. So if you are the person building the product, what are the things that you need and you care about? For us, iteration is a huge thing. Just being able to iterate quickly and Ooh, get yeah. that feedback and make a big, make changes. Yep. Oh man. We could have a podcast on See, We're friends. We're <laughs> See, friends. That's like... <laughs> It's like family feud. I'm the guy standing there and I've got my list <laughs> yeah. of things and you don't know what they are. But How if you many get points? Them, go, Survey says. <laughs> oh, we should do a family feud 
Oh, that would be fun. Add that to the backlog. Yes. (laughs) Iteration. We got anybody from the Twitch? We do. Ryan Roga said, again, I want to build the pretty parts faster so that I can focus on the actually important stuff. Yeah. Design. Always. Design. And then I think it's into like something we talked about on the consumer end too, but also from a developer and it's just integrations, right? Like in the modern web development space, there's more companies that do more specific things for you. Things like hosting and databases and authentication and payments and stuff. And those companies do those things really well. Those things, as you mentioned earlier, are kind of table stakes for stuff I have to have in my application, but it's rarely the thing that makes my application different. So to be able to integrate easily and seamlessly with those other products is, is a big part of what I look for in building like a complete application. Yeah. I also love my patterns. So if I'm coming to a project after they've already started, having those patterns, I can jump in and get started quickly and contribute without having to figure out what is specific to this project. Just wanting to contribute quickly. And the patterns let you do that. I want to spend an hour with each of you just (laughs) talking about each one of these things, right? Because yeah, because the patterns so important because if the things are going well, the team gets bigger. The people using the thing, that number, that count grows. And all these things that allow people to come into a project, make sense of the project, contribute to it quickly, you know, know where the boundaries of things are. That gets the iteration, which for me is all about collaboration. And um, mm-hmm. that's why, you know, for me, I love the bucket. It's my theory of like my universal grand theory of everything is collaboration. Cause I like, I will always find an answer for like, oh, if you want to do this thing, oh yeah, we need better collaboration. Mm-hmm. I'm that guy. And that's my little shit. 42. So. Oh yeah. 42, <laughs> 42 plus collaborate. Well, if you want to get to 42, you need collaboration. <laughs> you <Amy. wanna> <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it is. It is my version of 42. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, oh, sorry. Um, Google 42. i got good good introduced to that i guess i don't even really know the context of it it's because you don't write checks Mm -hmm. that's probably (laughs) what it is yeah but it was when i first joined microsoft people were talking about that all the time and i was like i don't know what you're talking about actually i think my team found a bug in rails related to the number 42 because of all this like it's a inside yeah an insider thing Okay, so I'll pick up some speed here, but thank you for those things. And I want to keep coming back to like, how do we optimize for doing those things inside of a framework? And because we can, and that's what we're trying to do at Redwood. But let me tell you a story. Now we're getting story. And Rails was my segue to that. So my friend and coworker and guy that is the PW behind PWV is Tom Preston Warner. And Tom was one of the co-founders at GitHub. Um, Tom also happened to be my next door neighbor. So we lived a few blocks from each other. We had friends in common and like we'd hang out and get pizza beers together. So it's not like, how'd you get to know Tom? It's a question I get a lot. Uh, our kids playground, like family friends. So yeah. it's one of those stories. Uh, he just also happens to be one of the GitHub guys. So Tom is at GitHub, builds one of the largest Ruby on Rails applications in existence and again, in internet years, this was like four lifetimes ago, but so GitHub was a thing. And Tom, uh, the next thing he worked on, which a lot of people don't know about is Chatterbug. And a few other of the GitHub co-founders went and started Chatterbug. It's a language learning application. It's actually really great. If you really want to learn language, Chatterbug is one of the best ways, if not the best way to do that. And they started with Rails, but they're like, okay, we've learned a few things about the front end. The front end needs to be more interactive. We're going to use this reacting 
And what could go wrong? We are masters of Rails. And again, these are like GitHub co-founders that go to do this again, but they're like, okay, things have changed. Clients have changed. Front end has changed. So let's use React. And they kind of hate the experience. And hate's a strong word, but they severely disliked it. And there's another guy at Chatterbug at the time, and his name is Peter Pistorius. And Tom and Peter start trying to find ways to improve how do you build for the modern needs of the modern end user in a way that is like, you know, Tom cares about things like long-term maintainability, you know, everyone on the team being able to work across their, you know, their specialties, but in a collaborative fashion, GitHub was highly collaborative and they really wanted people to be able to approach, you know, everyone on the day one of GitHub could download the entire .com app to their laptop and be, their, their goal is to have people be able to contribute by the first day of employment, right? So highly collaborative, how do you get that experience? And they were running into all kinds of challenges and frustrations, really making that seamless. And then of course, going across multi-client, right? So at the same time, Tom happens to know these two gentlemen named Chris and, um, oh my gosh, sorry, and Matt. <laughs> People I know well, and I'm forgetting their names, but they go on to create Netlify. And Chris and Matt approached Tom because Tom did the static site generator thing, a framework called Jekyll, which was one of the, the original hey, I just want to build a blog, static site generators. That became GitHub Pages. And that was also Tom. Side note on Tom, I didn't know that Tom did Simber standards until like a year ago. I've known the guy for a while, so I'm not the best friend. But anyway, Tom has done a few things. Anyway, so Matt and Chris approach him and start talking about this, really this, this new approach to CI CD based on things like static site generators that allow you to just deploy. And Tom had also been looking for and kind of had this imagination around the idea of a universal deployments machine, which is I want to have my code. I want to commit it and push it to the GitHub. And then I want like the magic boxes to deploy it and take it to everywhere it wants to be. And so Netlify was, you know, kind of a, a, a breadcrumb along that trail that he was following. So anyway, all the pieces are coming together and Peter and Tom realized that there's some things missing when it comes to actually having a framework that can let you do all the things they need to do and deploy it the way you want to do it. And that was the inspiration for this thing called Redwood. And Redwood was intended, especially at the start, to be a full stack application framework that you could get up and running quickly, deploy out of the box to Jamstack providers. And now it's extended beyond that uh, to to many kinds of hosting providers, so serverless or traditional long-running servers, but architected for modern environments and modern front-ends and multi-client. And that's the story. And Tom, you know, something we don't talk about all that much is uh, Redwood is very much an open source project and it's very much a vibrant community and Preston Warner Ventures sponsors it. So we get to live in the space where we have financial support and resources but we're not trying to productize the, the thing itself. It gets to stay open source, so which is pretty fun. But we tell people that because it's going to be around for a while. So that's the origin story of Redwood and how we got to where it is today. And let's take a minute and talk about Vercel. Vercel will meet all of your hosting needs. We're actually hosting the Compress.fm site and my personal site, selfteach.me on Vercel. They also power more well-known sites like Twilio, but you can use them for e-commerce, travel, news, and marketing sites. You name it, they can host it. When I got ready to launch the compressed site, it was super easy. I pointed it to the GitHub repository and told it what folder my next.js project was in, and then it just worked. Ridiculous, right? 
but they also power over 30 plus Jamstack frameworks, including Create React App, Next, Nuxt, Vue, Ember, Svelte, Angular, Hugo, and Gatsby, just to name a few. But one of my favorite features is when you set up your account, you get your own dashboard. And here you can invite other team members to collaborate or view analytics. So as soon as I push the code to my GitHub repository, it deploys that code and I can watch the build and its entire process through their custom dashboard. So be sure to check out Vercel. I'll include a link in the show notes, but special thanks to Vercel for being a Compressed.fm sponsor. That background is super helpful. I, like I've been through some of that before talking to Tom and I think I picked up on more stuff that I hadn't realized before. One of the things that I've talked about with people that like as a developer, you have the ability to do anything. And as the person who's experienced the pain points, you're the best person to determine what a thing could be. For example, my wife has worked in the hotel industry or in hospitality for a long time. She would be the right person to know from a business perspective. Here are the things that people are lacking that we could really use. So it sounds like just kind of a combination of both of those things. Here's what it's like from a developer experience to try to build this new thing and not scale and not onboard people quickly and that sort of stuff. And as a developer, they have the ability to go out and build that thing themselves, which turned into Redwood, which is super cool. Yeah, and it's a classic story of actually the things that Tom and I would talk about at Kizar Pizza, which is a great little little pub and pizza place for years, was all the things we wanted to build, like all these like product and startup ideas. And so we have gone and we've built the framework we need to build the things we want to build. And how is that for, is it yak shaving, bike shedding? What is it called no. when you like go the long way around? Yeah. Bike bike shedding is one. I feel bike like there's, there's a yak, yak something yak too. Yak shaving, ever, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what we've been doing, but it's been really fun getting there, right? Pulling the thread to build the thing, to get you the thing. Yeah. So what, what we're learning how to explain James and Amy is how do we talk about the way that our approach to building a framework has not just been like, okay, what are the technologies need to be and how well does it need to perform? But instead we said, what are the boundaries of CI CD? What are the boundaries of create to production? What are the boundaries of like side project individual to large team at scale? What are the boundaries of JavaScript integration configuration, right? Like how far do we need to extend those to actually say out of the box, you can do everything you need to do. And so like, here's, so here's all the layers we've had to consider. And this is where I talk about process, right? People and process, really team and collaboration. We had to consider design. How do you design from installation in Redwood? We had to think about testing. How do you have testing running front end to back end at installation? Auth and security. What do you need to have a modern multi-client out of the box front end to back end, right? Data, data in transport, fetching, caching. What do you need out of the box? And for deployment, what do you need to be able to do out of the box? And deploy gets so much into iteration, right? Like what do you need? So do you remember again, what am I an internet grandpa? I want the sticker. Uh, this was <laughs> this was the prologue, the prologue Done. to the show. <laughs> Do you remember when? Remember the like AWS is first out and you're imagine you're at a consultancy and you're pitching a project to someone. You used to come up with these architectural diagrams of like, here is how your app is going to live on AWS. And it was, you know, five pages long. You printed it out and there was like wireframes and everything going everywhere. And right, there's like 400 servers. And right, you remember that? Yeah. Like, I still do stuff not like that, but. Like showing integrations and things like that. 
Yeah, but like ops used to be an infrastructure so yeah. crazy. And if you want to like side project a thing, all that does is keep you from like thinking of even starting, mm-hmm. right? Because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know what infrastructure I need, but I should wait. I should probably optimize for every possible infrastructure I could possibly need. And therefore, I'm going to analyze every framework against how mm-hmm. many, you know, what's it going to cost me if I have to pivot. So in Redwood, mm-hmm. we just did away with all that. You want to deploy serverless to Jamstack for free in about five minutes or less? Redwood does that for you. Along the way, do you need to switch over and go to persistent servers because you need a more complex infrastructure and you're going to need to have long running jobs and cron and like all these other things to add on there, you know, some kind of ETL process going in the background, like without any code changes, just like deploy to a different target with Redwood. So, right. But that's the stuff that slows down iteration, right? Mm-hmm. And that slows down people getting started. Yeah. We want you to get started. And then go have fun. But so design, test, auth and security, data and transport and deploy. Those are all the layers that we're learning to talk about better that we had to say, okay, how do you do this out of the box, considering everything you need for CICD or everything you need for like front end to back end? And that's what we did. And that's why we're two years into this thing and going to hit 1.0, 1.00 launch party coming up end of March, early April. Stay posted. I love how much you've talked about design and not visual design, but just crafting that experience from a developer's perspective, because design covers so much more than just what you see. Because it's all design. But you know how you optimize for design, Amy? <laughs> Collaboration. I, I know. It's like 42. So, 42. So, and here's why. So imagine, imagine this. Imagine you install a Redwood app. Got it. So mm-hmm. that takes, well, minus yarn install, you know, node module packages. That takes five seconds. You know, chalk on a minute or so because okay. node, node. We could talk about the pains of JavaScript. By the way, we tolerate way too much pain in the JavaScript ecosystem. And that's why there's only one JavaScript expert on our co-founding team. Like there were four of us that started Redwood, Tom, Peter Pistorius. I should have talked about Rob Cameron. Rob Cameron is like decades into Rails. Uh, me, I'm just a generalist. I'm half good at a lot of things. And we're all like, this JavaScript stuff is madness. So we took away all the pain, right? But we could talk about that later. Okay, but so case in point, taking away the pain. Amy, imagine you are installing the package. You just speed up in your mind, like it's this video, like the installation process. So you have a Redwood project. And the first thing mm-hmm. you do is you do yarn Redwood storybook. You haven't done anything. All you awesome. did was install, create Redwood app, install Yarn Redwood Storybooks. That's a Redwood command. You get Storybook and your Storybook process spins up. You're like, oh. That's awesome. Well, that's Story. Oh, that's nice. And then you're like, oh, I want to design a thing. So what do you start? You start with a page. So you type into the command line, Redwood generate page. You've got a page. You know where that page shows up? It's Storybook. Nice. This is a full stack application, mind you. And we start with design. And then you're like, oh, uh, okay, cool. But you know what I need to do? I need to mock some data because this page is going to be interactive and dynamic. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do Redwood generate cell. What's a cell? What is this cell? I'm so glad you asked, Amy. A cell <laughs> is a React component in Redwood that does all the things for you that involve data fetching and state. So, right, you need to think about loading. You need to think about errors. You need to think about empty. You need to think about mm-hmm. success. And a cell does all of that. Plus, it goes and gets all the things. And it thinks about like, do I already have the things I need to get? Or do I already have the gets? Do I need to get a lot of things? It would end up in like getting too many things in a big spiral loop. Anyway, a cell just does all your data fetching for you. You don't have to worry about state of your data. You don't have to worry about state of your, your UI because a cell is a higher order component that does that for you. So what you do is 
you mock out the things you need in your cell, and then you design each of those states, and you know where it shows up when you hit save in Storybook, each of the states with your mock data. By the way, you're five minutes. You're five minutes in to designing from your install of Redwood. They're like, oh, I don't really want all that stuff inside my cell, so I'm going to generate another component, and that component's going to be inside my cell. And then within 30 minutes, and I have a video to prove it, you have gone from you know, some sketches you had for your UI, you installed Redwood, you spun up Storybook, you took your page, and then inside of your page, you put a cell because you needed to actually like mock up the data. And then you took your cell and you created some other components and be inside that. And you're looking at the ball inside of Storybook. You've done some styling on it. And the thing is a front-end designer that's your dream is you just bossed around all those back-end developers and you told them, here's the data structure I need to make my app interactive because here's the interactive app component. Check it out. And then you can hand it off to other people on the team. But wouldn't that be nice? Like, that would, be would that be fun? Yeah. yeah. That's it. It's Beautiful totally fun. Vision. Actually, I did it last week. It's super <laughs> great. Yeah. And that's it. That's what Redwood does. And then you hand it off, or actually you as a front-end developer, which I'm sure you know how to do all the things. But now you actually know what your data model is. So you go to the back end. You've got a schema. You literally copy and paste the fields in your mocks. And you mm-hmm. copy and paste those into a Prisma schema. You've got a model. And then you run yarn, redwood, generate scaffold, and you give it the name of the model. And it gives you a whole crud UI on the front end. So now you're 25 minutes into your app. That's beautiful. It really is. Right? I mean, so I think process, it... people, multiple people working on it. I just put up a PR, also like clients. What if I'm a consultancy and I've got clients and I'm like, I'm not going to build out the back end yet because they're going to change their mind. But like, mm-hmm. I've got all these storybook mocks and I'm just going to like send those to them. Okay, I'm quiet. What do you think? Are you in? Do you want to do it? Done. <laughs> so I think we need to get David to do pitches for us. <laughs> yeah. And so the cool thing is, the this is where Rails really inspired Redwood. Generators and mm-hmm. also showing people what to do. So you don't have to go and read the docs first. You can actually just do it. So the best way to get started with Redwood is a Redwood tutorial. And it will walk you through all these things. But using the generators, using conventions... Mm-hmm. right? You can make sense of it. And so what everything I told you, what's rad sauce, Amy, is people learn how to use React without having to like do all the painful things. You can actually just start using React and Redwood and Redwood shows you how to do that. What I just talked about, you actually just learn how to use GraphQL mm-hmm. and you didn't have to like go figure out how to do GraphQL, but like Redwood showed you what it means and you, you learn how to manage state. And then and we just did all those things for auth and security. So that's where we're inspired by Rails. But again, we're doing some very different things because it's all JavaScript, TypeScript, you know, front end to back, which also has some collaboration advantages, I might say. It has some client advantages, I might say. And yeah, so we're, we've deviated a lot from, we're not trying to be the Rails of JavaScript, but we are trying to be the Rails-inspired JavaScript mm-hmm. framework. And, and that's, again, the focus on startups as well, right? So yep. uh, we really do believe it's, it's the best way right now. If you're going to do React, JavaScript, or any kind of interactive layer, Redwood is the best way to get started with a side project that's going to become a startup. So. I like that. Yeah, I like the distinction between not the Rails for JavaScript, but Rails inspired thing that solves all the different use cases coming from a design perspective, both like visual design and just like interactivity design. I mean, one of the things that I learned kind of quickly at FedEx, especially as we upgraded to more modern tech stacks and the Java Spring Boot microservices architecture is just how code, once you have a structure in place, becomes really scripted, right? Like this code goes here. In that case, it was like controllers and services and uh, API endpoints, like whatever those were. But 
I know you talked about the different pieces, I think intentionally, individually, and having that structure makes onboarding easier, right? Like onboarding to a new project means, hey, if I need to work with specifically this thing, I can go and I, after I understand the structure, I can go to that piece directly, play around with that and not be too distracted with what's going on. It's actually referenced in the docs that I was going through earlier, which I think are really, really well done. But it mentions like, hey, you just created a lot of files. But we think it's beneficial because instead of having a bunch of stuff in one component, now we have these barriers and we have this like level of for your benefit, for everyone, for the developer's benefit and anyone participating, we have this level of like tunnel vision of like, here's what I need and it's in this thing. If I need something else, I can go to another place to get it. And it helps kind of segment, I think, mentally and also just like knowing where to go to find everything that you're working on. In addition to boilerplate code kills like we write the same code every day mm-hmm. like the idea of crud yeah. is like yes. totally like that's boring. what you should do for every it's boring but it's like that's what you should do for every new framework yeah. that you're looking at like whatever that it could be to do or blog or whatever but doing that is 100 in my mind the tutorial that you should do and that's because it teaches you basically all the things you need long term like you add more features and functionalities and stuff on top of that as you scale and build more realistic applications but it's all the same concept. So you've kind of boiled that down into these different, maybe components isn't the right word because that's actually a directory and a folder structure in React, but these different segments that do their job that are all necessary to build out the entire application at the end of the day. And they also, like we learn through modeling, like seeing how things are done in examples. And that's like the generators and these templates and boilerplate, like that models for us what Redwood wants you to do and how it thinks about the world. And so the learning experience is really quite rapid when it comes back down to it, which is really exciting. And and I want to just throw out a couple of quick things too. That doesn't mean that things are so tightly integrated and coupled that you can't uncouple them, right? So we've established all these boundaries and people are swapping. So we use a plow client on the front end. If you don't want that, people are swapping it out and trying something else. Um, a lot of people use, I didn't talk about how powerful the Redwood API is because we do talk about that a lot. Other people have done that, but a, a lot of people are using the Redwood API with Next or other clients. We're going to see Redwood and Svelte sooner or later. We're going to see Redwood and Vue, right? Because all those things are just, that's the front end. But again, these things are like, we did the integration configuration, but then that means we have boundaries and those boundaries are behind the scenes until you don't need them to be anymore. You need them up front and you can swap things out. So it's been amazing to see, again, we're not even 1.0.0 yet, how much complexity people have chosen, not complexity, but how much they've chosen to change up the the components that they're using for their whole stack because the complexity of integration has been taken away. Right, And that's been really fun to see too. So anyway, I'm kind of stoked on the whole thing. As you should be, yeah. And now it's time to take a second to talk about one of our sponsors, which is Dato CMS. Dato CMS is a complete and performant headless CMS built to offer the best developer experience and user friendliness in the market. One of the things I think is really interesting and neat on their website is if you hover on their wide Dato CMS tab in the nav bar, you see sections for developers, digital markers, and content creators. So it's got the entire audience covered. They also provide a rich CDN-powered GraphQL API with real-time updates, which is really neat. So all of you who love working with GraphQL and are looking for something that has real-time updates, this is really, really cool. They also provide a super flexible way to handle dynamic layouts and structured content and then have best in-class image and video support with progressive image loading out of the box. So if you're looking for a headless CMS that can help represent every member of your team, make sure to check out Dato CMS. You've mentioned a few things with your tech stack. 
you have React and Prisma and GraphQL, and then you've talked about that possibly extending. But why did you choose those particular things as your starting point? Yeah, we could go through each of those. So we knew we wanted multi-client on the API side. So that led us to GraphQL. And by the way, GraphQL can be, shall we call it a handful, uh, but it has that same kind of thing. Like it's like, oh, I want to use GraphQL and there's all this overhead to it. And I, I promise you, because we've collaborated really heavily with the Guild, former Apollo guys, and it does some things that like the Redwood GraphQL API is unlike, it's the best in class framework API GraphQL ever so far and it'll be better but because it just does so many things for you that you don't have to worry about setting it up it makes auth and security really easy and directives but so we knew you know on a multi-client so we made a really exceptional graphql api which does all the other things you need an api to do you don't want to use graphql well then add some other endpoints so you can do that too the front end you know react i know i know we don't love react react is hard and messy but like React is like the king of interactive front end right now, or queen. It's like the emperor of interactive UIs. And also you can do other things with React right now with React Native Web, React Native. So it it made sense to start there. And the tooling around React is really well built out. So we started with React and we took away the hard things of React. I feel like people used to say like, oh, what state management library should I use with Redwood? And like they had all these preconceived questions of like, oh, if I want to use React and you solve all these problems, you don't. You don't have to think about, I, I know people that are a year into production plus, and they don't have any other state management libraries because Redwood makes using hooks really easily. Cells are a verily, you know, that kind of islands of interactivity UI design. That's a cell. We can pre-render your data fetching wherever you want to, right? You've got flexibility there. And then we do this really cool thing in our routes where you can have context at the route level, which allows you, so you get to do all these other things with state that are really nice. So yeah, that's why we chose React. Prisma was a long time coming. They were looking for something that was uh, active record-like. And yeah, we found, we tried some other things from Prisma first. Tom and Peter could tell more of that story. But I think Prisma is the reason we have all these JavaScript full-stack frameworks. In the last two years, like Prisma gets MVP. Mm-hmm. They were the inciting incident for all of that. But they really make managing everything from your database, you know, between your database and your app and the queries and the model, like really easy. And we work... I mean, we talk to them almost every day. We work really closely with them. Jest, we've got a full Jest mm-hmm. suite. And you know what? Jest is hard, but with Redwood, you get, oh, by the way, every time you did those boilerplate, remember I sent like generate mm-hmm. cell, you get it's stories, you get a story file and a test file that comes with it. We do a Jest API test database that spins up in the back end. Um, can, I, can I add a comment to that from the documentation, by the way, yeah, that I thought please. was so hilarious. Like one, having that <laughs> stuff baked in, like we want to build, all right, not we, you want to build what you think is an opinionated set of best practices. People can break away from that if they want to. But in the, the documentation for the getting started, it says, you know, also behind the scenes, what you just generated is a test file. And then in parentheses, it says, because we all test our components, right? Which is like (laughs) such a shout out to the fact that probably most people don't, but it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be done. So I love that it's kind of there for you to be able to run with and get set up and integrate, hopefully, that into people's development workflows to make sure that they, you know, do have good testing around the stuff that they build. Yeah. So I think another thing, and, and we've got Babel and Webpack and those things in there, but I think, Amy, the answer to like, why do we choose those things? Because they're well established. They're the most used. They might not be everyone's favorite, but they're really getting the job done. Mm -hmm. And again, I would argue that the pain points now in JavaScript, it's very powerful. And everyone is complaining, like, there's just too much. There's too many things. But like, that's the power 
is that JavaScript is, it lives everywhere and it can become a lot of things. You can move really quickly. So with that power, the challenges are overhead of optionality and overhead of configuration. And those were the pieces we could put in play where we knew how to integrate them and we could manage them. And, you know, I, we complain about Webpack and Babel and Jest every day, but that's because we're on the core team building this thing out and the people building a Redwood, an application with Redwood, they don't have to, right? So they're not worried about which build tool we're using because they don't have to worry about their build tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. And that's, yeah. that's how it should be. Wouldn't right? that be like, nice? Why, I know. <laughs> you can iterate more quickly, it turns out, if you do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, so. this isn't. No, what's the yeah. zeal has the iteration is king hoodie, right? Oh, yeah. Or t shirt. Yeah, I have a shirt that says iteration yeah. is king, but that one's good too. Agile life. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that could just be like a, a little asterisk for all these things mm-hmm. I've said. If you can iterate faster, you're more likely to, to achieve success, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And iterate faster for less overhead, you know, iterate faster, less cost, just that both mentally and resource wise. Uh, so hundred percent, I mean, that's, what's going to get you farther faster. And that's, mm-hmm. those are the kind of things we think about when, when we've been designing Redwood. Um, I have a YouTube video that's like an intro to testing. And I feel like I spent half the video, if not more, just trying to set up Jest and get all the pieces working so that you could write that first test. So that's awesome that that's completely integrated in Redwood. So Amy. Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> Is this it? <laughs> so we, okay. So at Redwood, I'm kind of the, like, I'm the chief, the chief schemer, the chief. Uh, oh, that's good. I like what that. I, I, what this I, sounds I, yeah, like I a sticker waiting to happen. We, oh, have we can do that one too. Chief, chief of capers. <laughs> and because I love collaboration and getting people together to work on a thing together. And by the way, we haven't talked about it, but normally I come on something like this and I just talk about how awesome the community is and the gazillion ways to get involved and that I want to make a way for you to get involved. And that if, and we want anyone to be able to be on the core team, like our core team is going to grow and it's going to be awesome. And like anyone from anywhere can grow. So that that's actually not the ask, but I love, <laughs> I love getting people involved in the project and finding something for them to work on. So anyway, I hear you like to like teach things and I make know. courses for people to learn stuff. That's right. That is true. So, <laughs> so what if you had a framework that you could use as kind of a backdrop for teaching all these different things? Cause you just mentioned tests and like, yes. you wanted to show people how to use tests. But what mm-hmm. did you say was the hard thing about teaching people how to like do testing? It's the setup, definitely the setup for that. Right. So I it's talked a, a leading about, question. <laughs> I talked a lot about no, no. <laughs> I talked a lot about storybook. And I mean, what do, what do you guys? I mean, just like, what do you think? One of the main reasons is that people don't actually use storybook in their applications until you get really big and you really need it. Okay, it's a leading question because it's so hard to set up. And then you got to think about state and mocks and all those things. So anyway, we have this dream and we're looking for someone to dream along with us. Um, (laughs) Uh, A series of courses, starting with maybe one where it's like, hey, learn React using Redwood. Learn testing using Redwood. Learn Mm -hmm. Storybook using Redwood. Learn GraphQL you're front-end developer, but wouldn't you like to learn GraphQL so you can extend your skill set? Learn mm-hmm. GraphQL with Redwood. Learn yeah. how to do database modeling with Redwood. So we think not only could Redwood be the best way to take your side project to startup, we think it could be an amazing way to help people learn all these, because the complexity of things you need to learn in JavaScript mm-hmm. and building a modern app is, is really 
the 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 bar has been raised, mm-hmm. right? But we think Redwood could be the best way to learn all these different tools you need within the boundaries of something that handles all the the hard things for you. So you can just like get up and get going. So I'm just saying don't don't feel like you're being put on the spot, but it would be awesome to see some content like that. Well, do I need to go find a domain? <laughs> oh, learnwithredwood.com. Do we have? Oh, perfect. Do you already have that? I don't, oh, no. I don't know. Oh, Amy, Amy, go buy, buy it. it now. No, you go buy it. So, so they have I'm to going. pay you. <laughs> I, I'm just, I don't know. I just think there's, I think that would be really cool. I think that would be really cool too. If you know anyone who'd be interested in it, like I, I would love, I would love to collaborate and conspire mm. with that person to bring some of that to life. You said learnredwood.com. <laughs> <laughs> Did I, can we, can we say, uh-huh. can we say that? Yeah. I got to hurry before anybody in the chat. Somebody in the chat will be just with redwood.com. No, Dude, no, I, think, no. I feel like we got one of them. David, I got to say without intentionally doing it, you are becoming one of the biggest enablers that we oh, could possibly take on into, into our content creation. We got big plans. Goals. and specific, Yeah. There's, there's so much that we wanted this. This would be really awesome. And I love the idea. Like I've talked a lot about teaching a CS one-on-one class with game development, like using a drag and drop no code tool because all mm-hmm. the concepts apply, but it's so much easier to get people started and for them to see the results of what they're coding, even though it's just drag and drop stuff. So I like the idea of being able to teach those different things from here's a safe, easy starting point and we can now kind of guide you through it. Yeah, and then you learn, because so you, you end up learning, yeah, the actual how to do things and you can close that distance between, here's the thing I'm imagining in my head I want to be able to do. And here's the actual end product for each of those steps. And just the closer you can get that it's iteration, right? But in learning, the closer we can make that gap between the thing I'm envisioning in my head to do and the actual outcome and, and increase that cycle, just you learn more quickly. Yeah, excited. And hey, by the way, we've got a planet scale live stream to do where this actually came up yesterday. We want to start like we're putting out a bunch of example apps right now and doing that. We're trying to figure out like, where do we, so you've got an example app, what database do we recommend to do mm-hmm. it? And because it's Prisma, and by the way, you could swap out Prisma if you want to, but who would want to do that? We just need to figure out like, what's the flow of working with planet scale, you know, from create to local dev, right? Local dev with the team to staging to production. How do we figure that out? Like what's the first step there? But yeah, we uh, let's do the live stream. Yeah, we definitely need to get that scheduled. That was actually one of the points I was going to make with, Prisma 2 is just being an ORM, object relational mapping or mapper is an abstraction layer on top of interacting directly with a database, gives you a format in JavaScript that people are used to and comfortable with, and then lets you interact with a bunch of different types of databases. So in theory, you could just swap it out behind the scenes. That is still, I've literally got a to-do item in my backlog of to-dos to do integration with Redwood and PlanetScale. So yeah, we definitely need to get that together. So we have this thing coming up that's the V1 launch week, Superbase style. And Heard about it, yeah. You know what? You know, I'm, so again, I'm just like, I'm just dreaming here. This is just my imagination. But how rad would it be to like highlight during launch week, hey, look at this cool integration between Redwood and Planet Scale. Look how quickly you can go from zero to hero. I've got a database that lives everywhere in the whole world. Zero to Planet Scale. Ooh. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I, will, I will say David is a, a good marketer. Um, yeah, I am totally yeah. down for that. By the way, we have been doing, we did our like first big launch week, super base style back in November. So maybe that'll be something that we do more of too. Pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, but I'm definitely, we'll, we'll connect after this and get set up for that. One question for you that from the chat, which I think is a good one to mention. We talked about a lot of the different pieces of Redwood storybook being one that you mentioned several times. 
people that have never heard of it, and I barely like I know of it, but not really at any depth. But just really quickly, what is what is Storybook for people that have never heard of it? Yeah, uh, that there's a great question. I should have covered that at the beginning. But Storybook is a design system for components, and it doesn't just work with React. It doesn't just work with yeah React View. Angular. And what Storybook allows you to do is isolate your components and all the design, so layout, styling for your components in isolation. So you can look at each of the states or pages and like you've got the render layers, but Storybook allows you to isolate each of those pieces to look at it and design as you go. So yeah, storybook.com, check it out. And actually, if you want to be inspired, go to the storybook.com showcase and see all the things that people are designing the Storybook. It's phenomenal. So it's a, it's a design tool. Yeah. The great thing about Storybook is it has almost documentation built in. So as you're building out your component, you can show how all the different states work with React. You can show all the different props coming in. You can test all those directly within Storybook. So then you have this built-in documentation. So as we're talking about collaborating with 42 people, you like that? That's good. That was good. Yeah. That's a good time. <laughs> then Storybook will help them get up and running because they have this library of components that they can pull from. Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. You now have documentation on all that. But so one of the challenges is that can't live outside of your application, right? So people could get going and using Storybook, but then it's like, okay, well, now would I copy and paste over mm-hmm. here or there? So that's why we fully integrated it into the Redwood framework so that when you're working on a Storybook design component, which, you know, you can, you're creating the libraries you go, it, it is in your app, mm-hmm. right? That that's, a, that's the same code and you have your mocks and that's the same fetch data structure. All of it's integrated into one, but yeah. it's it's great. Which is beautiful because a huge part of that stuff is like maintaining. You have this like yeah. truly living document that updates as you update your code. Because I think that that's one of the biggest pain points with documentation is trying to make sure that it's up to date when everything else changes. So the fact that that is built into and pulling live components, that just makes it more usable because it's accurate. Absolutely. And I will say too, in beta as of like yesterday, is this the uh, component story format for a test runner. And in your story files, you'll be able to run tests. They actually have a just test suite that will run tests in your storybook files. And you better believe we're super excited about that. So that not only could you do the design inside of your Redwood app, but then you could also have testing and kind of like within each cell, like almost like an end-to-end test for all the states in the cell. So super excited. Something I should have said, because I know we're probably coming to a close sometime soon, is we love helping people get started with Redwood. And we've got three easy steps for how to get up and running. Like, let us be your guide on your Redwood journey to success, which is one, the Redwood tutorial. So get started there. If we're rewriting it right now, you can actually help us QA it because we rewrote it for V1. There's a part one and a part two. And the Redwood tutorial is the best way to get started with Redwood. Step two in your journey is definitely the community is available to be with you. You don't have to do this alone. Don't go on the journey alone. So dump into the community. We have a maker's hour every week for people getting started with projects that just want to share what they're working on and collaborate with others around the world and the internet. We have contributors meetups that we invite people into, but we've, yeah, there's forums. Anyway, get into the community, tell people you're getting started and you will be amazed and delighted by how many people want to say, we're with you. We want to help you keep us posted. And then step three is definitely take a look at all the docs. If you want to get to know the features, we have spent hours and hours and hours making what we believe are world-class docs for a 1.0.0. 0. 0. 
they cover everything, both like philosophy on how to do things, but also just how Redwood works. So start with the tutorial, get active in the community and jump back into the docs and get some stickers. And get some stickers. That's always a huge one. Yeah. And I will say I went through the tutorial earlier today and there were very nice subtleties along the way of how you introduce things like aliases in the terminal. So you have like yarn, redwood and some command. And then later on, a couple steps in, you use yarn RW instead of redwood. And then in a, in a call out, it makes it really obvious. This is a shorthand that you could use. And then on the next one, it's like, all right, instead of, I can't remember if generate NG was an appropriate one or not, but there was like subtly throwing in these things of like, hey, we're not going to overwhelm you too much up front. We're going we're gonna to get you into this thing. We're going to get you going. And we're going to teach you these neat little tips and tricks and explain the pieces along the way. So I will agree with you that the documentation has been really good for me to follow through. And that's all Rob Cameron. Uh, and Rob, again, lots of Rails experience and understands kind of the learning. That, like that journey, how do I learn best? And he's, he's just a master at it. So hats off to Rob. But agreed. <laughs> I, I learned. I go through this where I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good to know, right? <laughs> it's good, yeah. Let me take a brief moment and talk about the company that I work for, Zeal. They actually sponsor our podcast. They design custom applications and develop primarily in Rails and React. They're a remote-first company even before the pandemic. They're based out of Southern Oregon, but I live outside of Nashville, and we have team members across the entire country. But Zeal holds a special place in my heart because, as I mentioned, I work there. But I can honestly say it's the best place that I've ever worked. And good news for you, they are hiring, so you could work with me. In particular, we are hiring a senior UI UX designer and front-end developer. I'm pretty stoked about this position because you'll be on my team. We have some really fun initiatives planned for 2022, so you get to be a part of that. In general, our whole setup is pretty unique. So you can find more information on the website, codingzeal.com. And of course, I'll include a link in the description below. You mentioned the stickers. How exactly do people get the stickers? Well, right now, we've had thousands of people get stickers for free on the homepage of the website. We, we, we will send stickers to you wherever you are in the world. And that's it. Just show up to the website or go to forward slash stickers, but it's right there on the homepage, which will probably hide away a little bit. We might need to make you earn it just because there's only so many stickers we can send anywhere in the world for so much time. So, but yeah, get, get those on the homepage. There's only so much sticker paper in the world to print on, right? So eventually. <laughs> and postage. Turns that's out, right. Turns I out know. Postage. Not cheap sometimes, especially uh, when you do it at, at scale. Well, do you want to take, as a wrap-up thing, you started to mention the community, where people can find you, how they can get involved and stuff. Do you want to take just a couple more minutes to talk about the importance of the community, the impact that it's had on like the progression of Redwood as you lead into, I think you're doing like a 1.0 or something coming up soon, right? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you. I, I know we're yes. continuing to talk. Thank you for being gracious with your time. I love to talk about our community because our community, well, let me just say this. Here's the mantra that you will see if you enter our community throughout and throughout. And I say it every time. By helping each other be successful with Redwood, we make Redwood successful. Redwood is not just a code base. Redwood is a project with people behind it. And that's what we completely optimize for is how do we involve as many people and anyone wants to get invo involved with Redwood and make that process, you know, is, is easy and seamless as possible. So first off, like really getting started in the tutorial is a way to kind of engage with like, what is Redwood? But quickly jump in. We've got, I mean, the virtual spaces, Discord and the forums. We have things that are async and sync intentionally. It's overhead for us, but like not everyone's in the same time zone. 
but just drop in and say hello and hi. And then we have, there's kind of two journeys we know that people are on. And one journey is I want to build something with Redwood. And so we have meet weekly events called the Maker's Hour, two different time zones, depending on which side of the world that you're on, you could join. And it's just hang out with some people. And each of them has someone that's leading that session and brainstorm about what you could build, ask your questions, but do it in community because it turns out you don't have to do this stuff alone. And actually it's a lot more fun when you have other people on the journey with you. And then we, and I love helping people contribute to open source, especially for the first time. So uh, every month myself and now Amanda, who you may know from Asiro, Amanda is helping me and helping others learn how to be contributors to Redwood. And we've created a ton of documentation, worked through videos, and we've spent so much time on local tooling so that you can very quickly get set up and know how to go from cloning, forking the Redwood repo to opening your first PR. And we make that process. We lower the resistance as much as possible. And we love when we see that little badge in a PR that says first time contributor, like we're just all that that's what that's what gets us going is having people. And we have a lot of people who've said this is my first contribution to open source. Thank you. And so those are ways to get involved. And then we're bringing people onto the core team consistently because people that have been around and are contributors, we want to be able to like empower them to do more. And being a part of the core team is a way to, you know, get access and collaboration with each other. And along with giving people permissions to do more in the community, you know, start a project, et cetera. But that's, that's kind of the journey and the flow uh, for anyone that wants to do it. And we're getting better inviting people into it, but we spend a ton of time making sure that all of that is working. And James, here's why. Because when people get stoked about being a part of the Redwood project, they make it better. And then they get hired for things. Or I, I can't, I, I can count. I, I've got stories I could tell you people that like Redwood was their first project out of boot camp or out of school, but it was the like the springboard to the job that they got, right? Switching careers, people that are now getting hired to work on Redwood startups, right? Redwood startups that are started are now finding all the ways they can to contribute back to the community. So we've created this really cool flywheel and virtuous cycle of people helping people. And I, I, I just love it. Like, <laughs> again, this is the stuff that gets me going and why this project has been so amazing. So yeah. thank you. That's, that's a lot of things, but <laughs> I, I could have talked for an hour just on that because yep. it's, it's really amazing. And I'm just delighted at the kind of people that we have and the kind of culture that we have around Redwood. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, I mean, I think it's become obvious because even through the technical portion of the conversation, it's people and experience first, right? Like we talked about the design and the empathy for, for people and developers and what it's like on consumer and developer or creator side, whatever that becomes. So I think that that has become obvious. It's also been obvious for me and, and some of the stuff that I've done you know, around you and having Tom on and I joined one of the meetups, I think it's been a couple of months that I just kind of listened in. So yeah, looking forward for us to do more. Amy jumped, but she bought <laughs> learnwithredwood.com <laughs> and learnredwood.com. So those... I love it. Those are those are snagged for people's reference. But yeah, thanks for coming on and talking about it. I'm excited for y'all and 1.0. We'll help promote that in any way we can. And this is a time where I usually go and call out the next episode. So the next live stream episode with a guest, we're going to have James Perkins come on, talk about a startup that he built. This is stuff, kind of what you mentioned, just people enabling people to build stuff. It's not with Redwoods. This is a different topic, but startup that he built and some of the technologies for his SaaS and why it wasn't so bad for him or it's not as scary as people think it is to build a SaaS. That's what we're going to talk about 
in the next episode. Thanks everyone for hanging out and listening. If you enjoyed it, make sure to rate, review, comment, all the things that you could do to support us. In the meantime, that's all we got.